Hey, it's Cindy Howes and Lizzie No from the podcast Basic Folk, honest conversations with folk musicians. Basic Folk is truly changing the game with our well-researched deep dives that aim to empower the listener while fostering the folk community. I basically am writing worship music for youth group rejects. Maternal regrets and maternal guilt are universal. I try to make things that are beautiful and that are made with like a purity of intention. You can listen to Basic Folk on on the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network or at basicfolk.com. Hi, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Toy Heart, a podcast about bluegrass. This is the last episode of season two here from Nashville is my conversation with Allison Krauss. I remember, you know, the first time I looked out in the audience and saw people singing words to our songs that only we had recorded. That was just a really crazy moment just never thought it would end up being there never thought we'd hear back from rounder yeah. never thought we would hear from rounder in the first place if this is your first time listening you can hear full interviews with jerry douglas allison brown bailiff fleck larry sparks jody stecker and so many more wherever you get your podcast thank you so much for listening later on oh boy I have been waiting all year to bring you guys this incredible mini-sode with my dear friend and Yoga Nidra teacher, the incredible Hilary Jackendoff. She and I have been talking about doing this episode for a year because I have just been dying to gift you guys the knowledge and the practice of Yoga Nidra. I know I've talked about it on the show and I've talked about it in the newsletter, which, by the way, go to harmonicspodcast.com to sign up for the newsletter because there are going to be a shit ton of giveaways and some new potential opportunities to meet me and do Yoga Nidra with me. So definitely go to harmonicspodcast.com to sign up for the newsletter. But Hillary is the best person to have this conversation with about why I love Yoga Nidra, how this meditation practice has changed my life, how easy and beginner-friendly it is. It's not woo-woo, hippy-dippy, and just the importance of rest in our culture. So, without further ado, please give it up for Hilary Jagendorf. Hi, Hilary! Hi, Ben. I'm so excited, you guys. Hillary has been one of my dear friends for years. She's also my yoga nidra teacher, guru. I hate the word guru, but you know what I mean. Guide, friend, fellow plant lover, animal lover, and all the things. I'm so excited you're doing this. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Well, let's dive right into the question that I know pretty much everyone listening is going to have, which is, first of all, what is it that you do? What is Yoga Nidra and how did it come into your life? It came into my life, I was about 23 and I had always kind of struggled with anxiety, had always struggled with insomnia. Um, In college, I thought I had fibromyalgia. It it turned out to be hypermobility and kind of just like lack of awareness of how I was moving my body. So I was getting injured all the time. But anyway, Sounds like me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm clumsy all the time. Yeah. I I didn't have like, I wasn't grounded in my body. And 
I was kind of an anxious mess. And when I was traveling in New Zealand, I ended up at an ashram, a yoga ashram. And I tried yoga nidra for the first time there. And that first experience, I had this just complete, complete experience of bliss and total ease in my body, complete silence in my mind. And that was obviously a first, you know, to feel totally at home in my body and peaceful in my mind. And that kind of just hooked me in. And then from there, I, I ended up traveling to India, spending some time in ashrams there, and then spending two years living in an ashram in Australia while I did my training in yoga and meditation. So kind of from that very first experience, I like, I just had this really, really powerful knowing that this was something that I needed deeply in my own life and that I needed to share with other people. It just, it relieved my suffering, so to speak, so profoundly in that first time, you know, like it, it was just so incredible and I knew I had to go deeper. So that's what I've been doing for the last 13 going about, yeah, going on 14 years. I had a similar experience, you know, both of us, I think also you came to from other meditation techniques that you'd practiced before, right? Before yeah. Yoga Nidra. Yeah. I feel like for me, I had the same experience as Hillary. I I found it like maybe three years ago now with our mutual friend Nina and my friend Mosey were doing a horses and yoga nidra weekend. And I had never experienced yoga nidra. I had no idea what it was, but anything with horses signed me up. And I had a very similar experience to Hillary because I had done transcendental meditation, which I still think is wonderful, but I, I had done that for years before I found yoga nidra. But there was something about the practice of yoga nidra that felt so completely effortless. And I think that that's the thing. That's the reason I'm so passionate about it and why Hillary and I really wanted to come share this with all of you today is because this is something that I don't think we allow ourselves in this society to do, which is rest fully. You're not moving your body. You're not working out. There's no, you're not repeating a mantra over and over again. And so there's something just so peaceful and effortless about it. And that is also what blew up my mind when I did it and made me go, this is going to be in my life forever. And it has been. I, I practice almost every day as Hillary does too. And it's just the best. So now that we've talked about how much we love it, <laughs> Hillary is going to do a much better job than I can at explaining exactly what yoga nidra is. Yeah. As, as you just said, I mean, it is, I, I believe the most effortless meditative technique that, that is out there. It's practiced from lying down. So you get yourself as wildly comfortable as you can with, you know, all of your cozies, your fuzzy socks, and maybe in a little eye pillow and, you know, your, your favorite blanket and prop a pillow underneath of your knees and just like get yourself as comfortable as you possibly can be. And then just allow yourself to come into rest and come into stillness and allow yourself to be guided. And the, the magic of this practice really occurs through this quality of effortlessness that, that we learn to develop through, through the practice. I kind of describe it often as a practice of letting go 
you know, it's a practice of letting go that every, of everything that we're carrying, all of our physical tension, our, all of our emotional tension that we're holding on to, mental tension, letting go of everything that, that we kind of identify with on a daily basis, all of the roles that we play, and just allowing ourselves to really sink into this feeling of ease and tranquility and, and peace that exists within us. And we touch into that through the practice. It's it's just the most beautiful experience. And it's so, so darned easy. You know, it's, you just lie down and allow yourself to be guided. And sometimes if you're tired, you might drift off to sleep for a few minutes. That's very normal, especially when you first start practicing. Over time, you develop a greater awareness of your body. You develop um, more of a, a feeling of being at home within your own skin. Over time, you you start to sort of embody the practice and this this quality of ease, this quality of letting go. And obviously, you know that that happens after a sustained practice. But the best thing about this this meditation tool is that you want to do it. Yes, that's been my biggest thing. It's like doesn't feel like it's a thing you have to do, which yoga, meditation, all the things sometimes feels overwhelming because it's something you have to do. But you're literally in a cozy nest being guided through, I guess we should say, you know, there's there's breathing, mm-hmm. there's body scan, there's visualizations, there's it's it's a very simple, effortless feeling. And you'll all get to experience it because Hillary is going to do a special one for us on this podcast, which I'm so excited about because <laughs> I listen to this angel's voice at least four times a week on Insight Timer and all the places live whenever she has classes. But I think that that's what I really wanted to emphasize with you today is, you know, in this sort of, well, not sort of, this patriarchal society where we're on this hamster wheel constantly of more, more, more overproducing, you know, especially as women, there's, you know, women are mothers and they're taking care of families and households and all these things that we put this pressure on ourselves that sometimes rest is the last thing on our minds and the last thing that we prioritize, especially with we have to eat healthy and we have to exercise and I guess I should meditate. And the thing I love about this practice is it's giving yourself permission, like you said, to let go, but letting go in a way that's effortless. And I think a lot of times we do these practices to let go and they actually burn you out more and feel like more work and you feel guilty and shameful when you miss that Pilates class or you don't drink enough water like you're supposed to during the day. And this, like Hillary said, is something for me as someone who's an overachiever perfectionist (laughs) that I can just let go and rest finally. And my adrenals, you know, for years I had such bad, especially when I was on the run of two broke girls, the pressure and the stress and the hours, my adrenals were just so burnt out. And then I found yoga nidra and it was like, it completely, and now it's been about three years. And you're right, the practice carries on into your own life. Like, ask my husband, my road rage is gone, y'all. <laughs> mine, mine too. <laughs> I saw Hillary go, mine too, with a question mark. Um, it's hard living in LA, but no, but that's a very silly answer. But there have been, I noticed, I used to get very frazzled. Mm-hmm. I would be frazzled. I would drop things. I would be rushing. I Well, like we said, too, I'm clumsy. I'd run into the coffee table. And now I've noticed the other day I exploded my smoothie. It was purple. I didn't put the top on and I was in a hurry, like enough. And I was in a hurry and it exploded everywhere. And like 
I feel like a couple years ago in my life, it would have sent me into a full-on Mercury retrograde spiral crying. I just, everything sort of blowing up at once. And I just was able to laugh, breathe, clean it up, and go, if I'm a few minutes late, the world is not going to end. And I feel like that's def- that's a testament to Yoga Nidra. Yeah. Is that just because of what, what is exactly is that, that like over time is developing in us? We could spend the next three hours. <laughs> I know. And we have, Hillary and I have spent many hours because she lo- taught me how to teach this practice over the past few years. And it's been just epic conversations about life with her. But what is in the simplest terms, okay. what do you think in that is? In the simplest is? terms, um, you know, when we start to sort of practice what it feels like to let go in an embodied way in the present moment through this practice, that allows us to start to infuse that quality into our life. We start to let go of the little stuff. We start to let go of our attachment to to our desires for how things are supposed to be, for, for how we want things to go. And we we start to just kind of flow with life a little bit more. And when we're not in this struggle, when we're not in this kind of like white knuckling our way through life, when we're allowing ourselves, when we're kind of spacious and open and receptive within our own being, that changes the way we move through life. I mean, that's sort of the simplest way that I can like speak to it just based on my own experience. When I was living at the ashram, I was practicing yoga nidra every day for two years, like never missed a day, sometimes multiple times a day. And that sort of like deep dive into the practice. I used to be, I always drove like beater cars, like old clunkers, uh, you know, $500 cars. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, by the way. Yeah, I had one that beeped when I backed up and my sister loved when I picked her up from middle school with that one. (laughs) (laughs) She would like cry and hide. (laughs) I had the cars that would like shake. Oh, I know those. When you went above 55. Um, Oh, yes. Yeah. And so I used to have like, I... I had a lot of like driving anxiety. I would have borderline panic attacks when I was driving on the highway, freeway, as we call it in LA, because I would like vision, I would imagine my car blowing up like all the time, all the time. I would imagine like my worst fear was like something happening to my car on the highway. I was always in this like state of just like, not this time, not this time. It's not going to happen. You know, this was before like smartphones. This was before you could just like yelp your way to the closest mechanic before you could call an Uber before things just got easier, you know, in terms of like dealing with some of life's challenges. And I was driving in kind of like a little bit of a sketchy neighborhood in North Philadelphia my car started smoking wildly and like all sorts of things started happening. And I just like calmly pulled over, popped my hood. I was like, okay, let's just take a beat. Everything is fine. You're going to handle this. This is not a problem. We're going to just take it one step at a time and we're going to get ourselves sorted right out. You know, and I just like talked myself through it and my nervous system was like balanced. Mm. And I realized that this was a new way of being. And that was the first like moment when I realized that 
something had shifted in me that I had previously thought was just the way I had to live. And it's kind of a stupid example, but it's, that's not stupid at all. It was just the first time I like really realized that, oh, this is like one of my worst fears. This is one of my worst fears. Coming true. Right. Coming true. And you were able to, that's interesting because since I've done this practice too, we've talked about this, but you know, I used to have, and I've talked about this on harmonics before, but like full-blown panic attacks, like where visceral reactions, couldn't breathe, red face, like literally can't catch a deep breath to the point where you feel like you need to go to the hospital because you can't breathe. And since this practice, the anxiety doesn't go away. And you and I have talked about this and I think it's important because I searched for a long time for a quote unquote practice that would make my anxiety disappear. Yeah. And what I've realized now, and you you and I were just talking about this the other day, which I think is so important to talk about on here, is that this, like you said, when you when you pulled over, it wasn't that the worst thing that you could imagine wasn't happening to you. It was happening to you. But the way you were able to calm your nervous system and be in the present moment and take it bit by bit, that's what I feel like the practice has done with me with anxiety and panic attacks. I yeah. feel like I still have anxiety. Or I still have fears that come out in a certain moment. Even last night, we were on this. I've never trail rode in the dark. And we went for a two and a half hour. It was the big super moon, strawberry moon. And so we decided what a beautiful way to go on the top of the mountain with the horses and see. But there were bats and coyotes. And I was on a horse. It was like some, not my horse, because my horse, she'd be crazy sometimes on the trail. I was like, if I'm going at night. But I had the most fun I've ever had in a fearful moment. It was almost like I like kept the fear under my arm and the anxiety as a part of me, but was like, you will not steal this joyful moment from me. And I feel like that is what Yoga Nidra has taught me is that it is okay to have that fear and anxiety. You can welcome it. You know it's not going to stay for long, but it's welcome to be there. And the fact that you're not pushing it down or trying to make it something it's not, and you're just living in the present moment and accepting what is, that is not something that you have to think about when doing yoga nidra. It's not something you have to um, try to do. It's an effortless guided meditation that consistently practice just sort of becomes a part of your life. And these aha moments now that I'm having, even in this conversation with you, I didn't even realize till now going, oh yeah, look at how the practice even affected me last night in a super intense. I mean, these bats were flying very close to our face. And I I have never experienced bats like in the wild <laughs> that close to my face. Um, so I was very, and I was on a horse who also yeah. was freaking out about the bats or the coyotes. You know, I mean, there's, yeah. it's, it's wild out there. And uh, I had to, you know, especially with horsemanship, you have to, if you're anxious, the horse is anxious. Right. So I had to be like, accept the fact and acknowledge the fact that I had anxiety. But it didn't affect my experience. I found so much joy. And in fact, there was a part of me that was like, how alive do I feel right now? Which I would have never said about having anxiety before. Like, ooh, this makes me feel alive. What a gift as opposed yeah. to get this away from me. I have to perform and I can't have this here because it, you'll be able to hear it in my voice or see it on my face. And so I just want people to know that this practice, it, over time, it really becomes such a part of your life that you don't even realize is. Yeah. For lack of a better word, like it's, it's kind of magical. The transformation happens effortlessly without you needing to think about it. Mm 
without you needing to try, without you needing to do. It's like, it just occurs completely spontaneously and smoothly. And this practice is ancient. We should give a little of the history of it because it's it's been around, you know more than I do, but the, the practice itself is ancient. Yes? Yeah. Yoga Nidra has its sort of roots in ancient yogic techniques. And the practice, as it was kind of referred to in, in early, early texts, it wasn't so much about the practice as we explore it today. It was about the state. It was about the state of being this state of pure transcendent consciousness while the body is asleep, basically. Yeah. So that's kind of like the high-minded spiritual side of it. Typically, we're familiar in our daily lives with like the waking state, the, the dreaming state, and the state of sleep, right? And then in Yoga Nidra, it's it sort of guides you to experience this sort of different state of consciousness that is really natural and, you know, has been spoken about for thousands and thousands of years in ancient texts, but it's not something that we're generally familiar with. It's a meditative state and it's the state of, of consciousness whereby we experience awareness in sleep. So when we're in deep sleep, typically we're just like gone, we're just done. So the word Nidra means sleep. So the translation of the practice is yogic sleep, sleep with awareness. So that's what can sort of like spontaneously occur through the meditative technique, this guided practice, um, you know, where, where you're guided in a body scan, you're guided to attune to your breath, to attune to sensations, uh, to imagine different images. So through this kind of technique, what can sometimes happen is you enter into this state of consciousness where where you really experience this, for lack of a better phrase, this this complete, this deep clarity, this deep peace that is within us, that is within all of us. It is available at all times. And through this practice, we kind of touch into that state. We touch into that beautiful, powerful state that that then sort of transforms how we live our lives. That was great. So the more we practice, the more sort of chances we have to sort of go into that space. And then that ends up infusing our lives with, with that quality, that quality of peace and, and ease. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, Hillary and I have been talking about this because it's really hard. You know, Hillary has so much more experience with all, you know, she's studied for 14, 15 years. But for me, the thing I want to do with helping you all with this practice is for you to know how accessible and how easy and how actually it it isn't heady and woo-woo at all when you're actually doing the practice. So I just wanted to let clarify that for all of you. And that's why I asked Hillary to do it in a less sort of – um you know, very like high yogi <laughs> studied was, was human that, way. That was, was good. That I was think, good? okay. I think I'll, I'll look in the comments section later. No. Um, but let's talk about sleep because that is, this practice is so powerful for insomnia. Yeah. That's, I mean, honestly, like personally, I've struggled my entire life with sleep. Me too. It's the worst. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, through yoga nidra, my relationship to sleep has completely transformed. And same. Yeah. 
And that has been sort of the predominant experience for thousands of my students, clients. This practice is so transformative for sleep. If you're experiencing any any type of insomnia, it can serve as a sleep aid if need be. So there are yoga nidra meditations for sleep specifically. I have a few that Hers are amazing, by the way, on Instagram. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I it's because I've struggled with sleep my whole life. <laughs> like we teach what we know, right? Absolutely. It can really serve as this really soothing way to enter into sleep and to fall back asleep if you have struggles with waking up in the middle of the night. But over time, no matter when you practice, if you practice in the daytime, if you practice in the morning, whenever your life sort of allows for your practice to occur, over time, your sleep will shift. Your sleep cycles will shift. You'll sleep more deeply. You'll fall asleep faster. And when you are struggling with any sort of sleep difficulties, if you're a new mom, for example, right? Practicing yoga nidra, a 20 to 40 minute practice, when you're able to, you know, drop in, so to speak, when you're able to really, really rest and just sort of be still and find that, that experience of, of peacefulness, right? When you're, when you just lie down and you practice this, this meditation, it can feel as though you slept for two to four hours because, you know, normally we're, we're familiar with the waking state, the dreaming state, the deep sleep state. So what happens in a yoga nidra, we're actually moving through the different states of consciousness, sometimes multiple periods, multiple times in a, in a compressed period. Those different states of consciousness are correlated to the different brain waves. Typically, a sleep cycle is about 90 minutes, so about an hour and a half. Uh, and in that sleep cycle, you're, you're traversing through the beta brain waves, alpha, theta, maybe delta. And in yoga nidra, we are moving through all of those brain waves, perhaps multiple times in a 20 to 40 minute period. So it can feel as though we moved through two to four hours of sleep. So we come out just feeling so deeply rested, so refreshed. And when you're navigating a period of your life where, where things are really tough, where work is really stressful, where sleep is just not coming easily, where you have a lot going on and you're overwhelmed and you don't know how to handle it. Setting aside 20 to 40 minutes for a yoga nidra practice during the day. I personally love to practice around like, uh, you know, between one and four, because that's when my brain just shuts down and not for three hours. Like I'm not saying yeah. between one and four. 20, 20 to 40 minutes. 20 to 40 minutes. <laughs> But in that time frame, that's when my brain just kind of shuts down and my body is like, if you have another cup of coffee, you're not going to sleep tonight. Yeah, if you lie absolutely. down, everything will get better. You yeah. know, so it's like instead of pushing through, instead of white knuckling your way through the day, set aside 20 minutes, even even a 10 minute practice. Of 15 that's what I was going to say is what about for people listening right now? And, and we have to acknowledge, I think, too, that like for many people, rest is a privilege. Yeah, totally. And so to be able to have this 20 to 40 minutes that we're talking about, yes, is a luxury. There's also always going to be time to put a nidra on before bed because we all sleep every night. So if you don't have the 20 to 40 minutes during the day, but you know, are there shorter, I know you have some shorter practices on Insight Timer, but if they don't have 20 to 40 minutes, 
or the privilege of resting, you know, even (laughs) remotely that long during the day, what would be your advice for someone who's like, I don't even have 10 minutes to myself. I have kids, full-time job, just crashing into bed at night. If you don't have 10 minutes to yourself a day. Turn off your Instagram first if you don't have 10 minutes to yourself. Delete (laughs) Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. Delete all your apps and then you will have 10 minutes. If you have time to scroll, you have time to rest. Um, I was waiting for a rhyme. Like if you have time to scroll, you have time to roll. But then I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I know a lot of people that go to their car Yeah, I've done that. I do that a lot when I don't have time and I have a meeting or something. I'll do it in my car for 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. And just like, you know, if you really don't have time to to lie down to really sink in, just taking a few minutes to ground in your body, you know, placing your hands over your heart and just seeing if you can find your breath in that area of your chest just dropping your attention down because usually when we're overwhelmed, what happens is our minds are racing, right? We go into this like anxiety spiral of analyzing, of list making, of ruminating, of future projecting. Um, And we're just like in this mental tailspin. And as a result, you know, our nervous system gets all jacked up and we're like, start to feel really tense and, and just like everything spirals out of control. So shifting attention from your mind into your body is really powerful. And the quickest way out of your mind and into your body is through your breath. So, you know, resting hands on the heart, this uh, stimulates the, the production of oxytocin, that, you know, happy hugging hormone. So like literally just placing hands over your own heart as though you're like giving yourself a little tender, tender love. Um, and just closing your eyes and this is kind of hard to explain, but, but it's easy to kind of do in your own being where like you, you can kind of become aware of your thoughts. Right. And then you just like drop your attention down into your chest and you notice that subtle shift in perception and you feel your hands on your heart and you start to feel your breath, your natural breath moving in the area of your chest, right? Feeling your lungs, feeling your rib cage moving, maybe your chest rising and falling. And you just stay there for a few breaths, for a few moments. And that's it. Yeah. It's such a powerful, quick way of grounding into your body and getting out of your head and calming your nervous system. Yeah. As far as, you know, I know uh, there's a man named Richard Miller who's done a lot of work with scientific like studies about yoga nidra and its effects on people with PTSD, especially veterans in the military. What in your experience, either with clients or through your research and everything that you've read, what is it about PTSD and trauma that makes this practice so um, healing? Well, one is, is its efficacy for dealing with any issues around sleep, because for folks who are navigating any kind of um, PTSD, more often than not sleep difficulties accompany that, you know, a sort of a fear of letting go, a fear of letting go into sleep. So yoga nidra can really support that, that ability to feel safe to let go because sleep is a letting go, right? Mm -hmm. It's also really powerful. I think I mentioned before, like for me, when I first came to it, I had no body awareness. I was totally ungrounded in my own being, Um, I didn't know how I was 
moving my body through the day, right? And that wasn't a result of trauma. That was just a result of lack of awareness. But for folks that are navigating trauma or PTSD, there can be sort of um, a feeling of not being safe in your body, a feeling yeah. of of not being at home in your body. And a disassociation, right? Like yeah. there's disassociation that happens. So you're not embodied at all. Right. You're dissociated. Yeah. Yeah. Like checking out of your body is your safe strategy. Yes. Coping. Yes. You know, healing trauma, healing PTSD, and I'm not a trauma expert, want to make that totally clear, but healing trauma and healing PTSD, there has to be a, a component of, of feeling safe in your body in order to heal. You know, our body is, is our vehicle. Our body is how we move through the world. And if we don't trust our body and we don't feel at home within this form, within this being, life becomes extremely, extremely difficult through the body scan, through the body rotation. When you're sort of grounded and paying attention, when you're really doing the thing, so to speak, sometimes people really drop into that feeling of ease and peace during the body scan. And they kind of like miss the rest of it. And they're like, I'm just melting into a bliss puddle. I'm done. <laughs> yep. But if you don't melt into a bliss puddle and you're like, practicing being in your body through this, this rotation of, of awareness, you're building neural connections. You're literally connecting your brain to your body. And it's so easy. Absolutely. I don't know if that's... No, that's amazing. Also, because if the listeners have heard our, our podcast with Dr. Tara Swart, the neuroscientist, you know, connecting those neural pathways and, and enhancing them and making them stronger mm -hmm. is the key to any sort of manifestation, uh, joy, happiness you want to come in your life, like by reprogramming your neural pathways away from trauma or past experiences that have been negative into this embodied, peaceful, easeful state that you find in yoga nidra, it's an effortless way to train your brain to be stronger and better, you know? Yeah. And, and in return, have a more joyful, peaceful yeah, it's, life. It, it, like, it is possible to heal from trauma. Right. And I know that so many, if anyone's listening who is navigating any challenges with that right now, I know there can be sort of a hesitancy to like try one more thing, you know, to think like, oh, maybe this is the key. Maybe this is the cure. You know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But at the very least, what, what I will say is if you're holding so much, so much in your body, so much trauma in your body, that is just fundamentally exhausting. It is just exhausting to carry that. And if you are exhausted, you need more rest. Period. Yeah. All right, Hillary. Well, we have final questions that we ask everyone. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't, so. I haven't prepared you for this, but hopefully <laughs> you'll... <laughs> Be okay. So you can only bring three records with you to a deserted island. What would they be and why? Oh, my God. I know. It's hard. I change mine every day. That's like, really hard. Yeah. I know. Okay. Just so give us a couple that you love. Okay. I'm going to go with a uh, picture of nectar, fish. Oh, oh, right. You're a fish. What do they call them? Fish head? Fishy? I don't know. Okay. I'm going to call you a fishy. A fishy. My husband's in a fish cover band. And, uh, yes! you know, Picture of Nectar was my first fish album. My like glam hair metal friend gave it to me. He gave me a tape 
when I was uh, 14 and I listened to it on a road trip with my dad where we developed, we took pictures every day and then we set up in motel rooms with like a mobile dark room and developed my picture. Oh my God, how cool. So picture of Nectar because it's just so funky and it's so fun. And it's like, I know every single note on that album it just makes me dance. It just makes me dance. I love it. Dancing's good. <laughs> it's good. Dancing is good. <laughs> Second album. Um, this is a flip. This is a, a total flip. Oh, gosh. H2O, FTTW, FTTW. They're a hardcore, New York hardcore punk rock band. Awesome. They really make me pump my fists and do my Jersey fist pump. I love it. And I, I get wild when I listen to H2O and Tom Petty. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry. I just love Tom Petty. We were, I was just listening to a Tom Petty record like literally an hour ago. I Heartbreakers, I, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Oh my God. I cry when I hear his voice. I cry when I listen to like almost all of his music. I, we, uh, our, our, our bridal party walked down to Wildflowers. My best friend's <laughs> husband, Dan, played wildflowers on the guitar and out in the Wyoming wilderness. Like Tom Petty is like our fam. Like we just, we grew up loving Tom Petty. Me too. And I, I actually like, I was just saying to Josh, my husband this morning, how much I'm still kicking myself for not going to the Hollywood bowl show that he played right before he died. We were there. Oh, I was we at a major immersion. Okay. Well, that's, <laughs> that's very good. But I will say my husband just was saying this morning, we saw him the second to last show before he died a few days later. Michael was saying that it was the tightest band he's ever seen play live. And we've seen the Rolling Stones. We've seen, you know, and he was like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers was the tightest band. I mean, it's, yeah, it was magic. It's, it's so tragic. We lost him. I but. like, I, I'm not like a concert person. Like I don't go to a ton of concerts, but I've been to more Tom Petty shows than anything else. Like, wow, probably. I didn't know this. It's not like a ton, like probably 10. I don't know. That's awesome. Wow. Since I was like 15, I, I mean, I started going to his shows every time he came through Philly, but I don't know what album maybe. I know. Um, honestly, I love the, she's the one soundtrack. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a good one. Oh, so you're Desert Island. Your Desert Island list playlist is going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so good. A lot of dance parties, a lot of heartfelt tears. Yes. A lot of fist pumps. Absolutely. Okay. What subject do you Google the most? Oh, what subject do I Google the most? Uh, Human design. Oh, right. Yes. You (laughs) love human design. If people don't know what that is, you can do a major podcast deep dive into human design. You will love it. If you're into like astrology or self-help or all of the above. It's incredible. Yeah. I'm a generator. (laughs) Hillary's a projector. It's, it makes sense once you know what it is. Um, (laughs) what's your, do you have any feelings or, um, stories or anything about Dolly Parton? I used to do a trivia question, but now it just feels like everybody's got this, you know, Dolly made me do it. Like Dolly's just so inspirational in so many ways. So now I've just kind of asked, everybody what what, what's your what are your feelings on Dolly Parton what are my feelings on Dolly Parton Dolly Parton is a damn ray of sunshine we are so blessed that she exists oh thank god for Saint Dolly she is such a delight I love that she doesn't take herself too seriously like she is such an she models what it what it looks like to really love yourself 
and move through life with a spirit of lightness and play. And that is just what I'm all about. So Dolly is the best. That's actually one of the best sort of overall why we love Dolly Parton, like explanations I've ever heard, Hillary. (laughs) So true. Okay, so for this last question, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Okay, I love questions, by the way. I don't, Aren't they fun? It's like, remember when we were little and you used to take quizzes, like on, yes. in magazines and stuff? That's what I feel like these, these questions are. So close your eyes. Go into a blank room. What are you hearing? Addicts of your life. Grateful dead. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what are you smelling? Lavender. What are you tasting? Macaroni and cheese. Oh, gosh. Yum. (laughs) (laughs) What are you touching? Oh, velvet. What are you seeing? Blank room. (laughs) (laughs) That, that, I might take out seeing. I laugh about this every time, but now I kind of leave it in because, like, I love when people are just like, well, a blank room. That's what you told me (laughs) to go in and see. I'm following the instructions. (laughs) Oh, Well, Hillary, thank you so much, everyone. She's going to do a special yoga nidra for us. So if you've uh, never done it before, hers uh, episode that we're going to release of just a nidra for you will be coming out soon and you will fall in love with her and the practice. I know it. I hope. And if not, that's cool too. But I really encourage you all to try it, to check out. We'll link everything about Hillary so you can follow her and she has so many workshops and classes and and she can take on private clients. She has all the offerings that you could ever want. So thank you so much, Hillary. You're the best. You're the best, Beth. Thanks for having me. Everybody, rest is so important. I'm so glad we did this episode. I've been wanting, I've been talking about it on this podcast and now we're finally going to give you a deep dive into it and then let you go on your own nidra journey because we both believe it's sort of, I really do believe it's like a practice that could heal this world. And I'm not just being like hippy dippy woo woo. Like I genuinely feel like if we all took time to do this practice every day, the world would be a lot better (laughs) for all of us. And now what a treat, what a wonderful episode that was. I hope it was super informative and made you giddy to try yoga nidra meditation. So here you go. Here is a yoga nidra meditation from my yoga nidra teacher and dear friend, Hilary Jagendoff. You can also sign up for the free app, Insight Timer, and get free meditations and yoga nidras from Hilary on that app. We will also tag her so you can follow her on Instagram and sign up for her live yoga nidras. But here's one she wrote and recorded especially for Harmonics Podcast. Welcome to your yoga nidra practice. I'm Hilary Jackendoff, and I'll be your guide today. If you're new to Yoga Nidra, Yoga Nidra is a gentle but powerful meditation technique that grants us access to an embodied experience of non-doing, effortlessness, and letting go. In other words, through Yoga Nidra, we learn what it feels like to truly release everything we're holding on to, physically, mentally, and emotionally, 
so that we can know deep rest, reconnect to our own true nature, and feel at home and at ease within our own being. If you're feeling a bit tired today and you're concerned that you might fall asleep during the practice, I recommend setting a gentle timer to go off at around the time the recording will end. To set yourself up for the meditation, typically in Yoga Nidra we practice lying on the back in Shavasana with the feet about hip width apart and the arms alongside of the body but not touching with the palms facing up or in. But if this isn't comfortable for your body for any reason, you're welcome to modify this position or choose any position that feels right for you. I do suggest practicing with a blanket covering you since the body temperature usually drops about two to three degrees. And I also recommend a thin cushion under your head. Being comfortable and cozy is extremely important in Yoga Nidra. So really take your time setting up your space. And once you've made yourself comfortable in Shavasana or whichever position you're practicing in today, let your eyes fall closed when you're ready. And just begin to really feel into your body, becoming completely aware of your entire body, having a sense of the space that you occupy in the room, and maybe allow yourself to take up a little more space, even just energetically. See if you could be even the slightest bit more comfortable checking in through your position and your alignment. If necessary, adjust blankets, pillows, clothing until everything feels just so. And once you've found comfort, let yourself settle into stillness. Taking a slow, soothing breath in and out of your nose. Consciously give yourself full permission to be effortless, to let go of thinking and doing so that you can explore feeling and being. Give yourself full permission to receive this healing practice of deep rest.
and begin to soften through your body, softening at the very top of your head, feeling as though your scalp is releasing any held tension. Softening across your forehead, allowing it to become smooth and expressionless. Let your eyes release back in their sockets and feel that your eyes are just lightly closed, feeling the fine muscles around the eyes release. Continue to soften through all of the facial muscles, letting your cheeks draw down towards the earth, letting your tongue release inside your mouth, bringing ease to the jaw. Continue to move your attention down through your entire body. Softening each and every part. Perhaps feeling that the warmth of each exhalation melts any tension away. For the next few moments, let sounds occupy all of your awareness. Sensing sounds as anonymous vibration. With precision, with full focus, move your attention from sound to sound to sound. Welcoming in each sound without judgment, without reaction, without concern. Notice how these sound vibrations resonate within your being. How your body receives the soundscape. Keep listening. Observing the more subtle sounds, sounds between the 
louder sounds, the less noticeable sounds. Shifting attention to any inner sounds that you can perceive. Perhaps hearing your heartbeat, your breath. Resting attention on the gentle sound of the natural breath. Observing the process of breathing. Notice the sensations that occur with each in-breath. The sensations that occur with each out-breath. Following the intuitive path, each breath charts through your body. Noticing how no two breaths are the same. Each natural, effortless breath, unique and perfect, just as it is. Follow three more natural breaths. at this time in the practice we'll bring in a heartfelt intention for our practice or for our lives if you have an intention you're working with connect to a felt sense of it in your body as you mentally repeat it as though your heart is speaking if you don't have an intention Take these next few moments to consider a quality or a way of being you'd like to create within yourself or within your life. 
releasing this, preparing to move the attention through the body. Different points of the body will be named. And as each point is named, feel it fully and visualize or imagine a ray of moonlight shining on it. Bringing full awareness to the point between the eyebrows, feeling the space and visualizing a ray of moonlight shining here. Hollow of the throat. Right shoulder. Right elbow. Right wrist. Tip of the right thumb. Tip of the index finger. Tip of the middle finger. Tip of the ring finger. Tip of the little finger. Right wrist. Right elbow. Right shoulder. Hollow of the throat. Left shoulder. Left elbow. Left wrist. Tip of the left thumb. Tip of left index finger. Tip of middle finger. Tip of ring finger. Tip of the little finger. Left wrist. Left elbow. Left shoulder. Hollow of the throat. Heart space. Center of the right side of the chest. Heart space. Center of the left side of the chest. The heart space. Navel. Pubic bone. Right hip. Right knee. Right ankle. Right big toe. Second toe. Third toe. Fourth toe. Fifth toe. Right ankle. Right knee. Right hip. Pubic bone. 
left hip, left knee, left ankle, left big toe, second toe, third toe, fourth toe, fifth toe, left ankle, left knee, left hip, pubic bone, navel, heart space, hollow of the throat, point between the eyebrows. Shifting attention from the point between the eyebrows to the tip of the nose and feel the breath here. Feel the natural breath entering and exiting the nostrils. Sensing the air becoming breath, the breath becoming air. Focus the attention fully on the breath by introducing a count, counting the breath backwards from the number 18 like this, breathing in 18, breathing out 18, breathing in 17. Breathing out, 17. Anytime that the count is lost, just begin again at 18. Counting the natural breath, awareness still active,
let go of the count and let go of the breath too. And begin to simply feel into any sensations or experiences arising, welcoming in whatever this moment contains. And now become attuned to an inner experience, a felt sensation of well-being and tranquility. Feeling this. Feeling this sense of well-being and tranquility fully. Feel that you are at home within your own body, at home within yourself. Drifting the attention to the space of the mind. And just become familiar with this space in front of the closed eyes. The space of imagination where dreams unfold. And visualize or imagine the following images or experiences. Visualizing a steady candle flame. Steady candle flame. Walking along the banks of a wide river. Snow-covered mountain peaks. forest at dusk, the last of the day's sun peeking through the canopy, sitting on a moss-covered rock, holding a pine cone, tendrils of smoke rising up from a brick chimney. An octopus gliding through the deep ocean. Storm clouds passing. A rainbow. A rainbow stretching across the entire sky.
sunlight reflected in a glittering jewel. The touch of a horse's mane. Holding a piece of amethyst in your hand. Walking with bare feet on wet grass. Walking with bare feet on wet grass. Let these images fade and reconnect to the intention you set at the beginning of the practice. If you didn't set an intention, just take this time now to consider whatever it is you deeply need in your life, perhaps what you need to call forth from within, or perhaps what you need to bring into the world. Reconnect to your breath, feeling your body breathing. Feeling yourself breathing as though noticing the breath for the very first time. Allowing your breath to draw you from this inner space and ground you in your body in the present moment Reconnecting fully to the external world. Begin to breathe consciously, deeply. And as you deepen your breath, welcome in all of the sounds around you. All of the sounds outside, the sounds in the house. Reconnect to your physical body, feeling the touch of the air to your skin, the touch of your clothes to your skin, and the touch of your body to the earth. Consciously grounding your attention in your body, in the room, aware of sounds, sensations, the space around you. knowing that the practice has now come to an end. When you're ready, start to gently and mindfully introduce small movements, moving slowly, intuitively. And as you move your body, notice how you feel. Notice what has shifted. making larger movements in your own time, perhaps squeezing your knees into your chest or stretching your arms overhead. Do what feels right for you. 
and continuing to breathe deeply, making your way onto your right side without any hurry, and just resting here for a moment or two, sensing the effects of the practice, reflecting on anything that might have come up, If you received any clarity or intuitive knowing over the course of the meditation, you might like to write this down so that you'll remember. And in your own time, make your way back to seated, opening your eyes, Preparing to move back into your day, carrying with you this new way of being. Thank you so much for practicing with me, and I hope that you have a peaceful rest of your day.